on page 141. There is no donor equal to the Guru in this world. The Guru gives the unseen thing. He tells you good things. Lust and anger have been imprisoned. Greed is also under his control. What you want to do tomorrow, do today. You will not get this company again. Then you will fall into the wheel of 84. Then you will suffer day and night. Shabbat is proclaiming loudly, have the company of the saints. Worship the rem and remember the Master. Then Paul will bow before you. Kabir says, O Dharman, listen, obey my words. Open the curtain and meet the Guru and come into the Divine Kingdom. Ja 
शब्द पुकार पुकार कहते शब्द पुकार पुकार कहते कारे संतन साता जग में गुरु समान नहीं दाता गुरु समान नहीं दाता जग में गुरु समान नहीं दाता गुरु समान नहीं दाता जग में गुरु समान नहीं दाता सुमर बंद की कार साहेब की सुमर बंद की कार साहेब की काल निभाए माता जग में गुरु समान नहीं दाता गुरु समान नहीं दाता जग में गुरु समान नहीं दाता गुरु समान नहीं दाता जग में गुरु समान नहीं दाता कहे कबीर सुनो दरमन कहे कबीर सुनो दरमन मान पचान हमारा जग में गुरु समान नहीं दाता गुरु समान नहीं दाता जग में गुरु समान नहीं दाता गुरु समान नहीं दाता जग में गुरु समान नहीं दाता कॉल मिलो सत गुरु से परदा कॉल मिलो सत गुरु से आओ लोक दिया जग में गुरु समान नहीं दाता गुरु समान नहीं दाता जग में गुरु समान नहीं दाता गुरु समान नहीं दाता जग में गुरु समान नहीं There is no donor equal to the Guru in this world. This one's on page 73. O all conscious Kirpal Anami, finish my crisis. Become the ferryman and rescue our boat from the ocean of life. Cause the rain of true Nam to shower and cool the heated hearts. Break the bondage and attach us to your feet. I have fallen at your door to end my crisis. O giver, with a moment's glimpse of you, my life becomes insured. O giver, when I have your radiant darshan, the pain of separation stops. O my Satguru, come again. Every day I sing your qualities to end my crisis. O giver, lift up the veil of mine so that I may see you openly. Nothing is lacking in your home. My boat will go across. I am suffering very much. No one is mine. I am requesting you to end my crisis. You yourself shower your grace. I do not have any qualities in me. Wandering about all over the world, I have searched but find no support except at your door. You come again, 
I have become yours. All the disputes have been solved. If there is love with the disciple, the Satguru becomes gracious. If the disciples are like a jibe and meet their master, and their master is Kripal, in a moment he finishes their pride and honor when they become his disciples. Sri 
disciple of the Satguru becomes gracious. If the disciples are like Ajayb and their master is Kirpal, in a moment he finishes their pride and honor when they become his disciples. O all-conscious Kirpal Anami, finish my crisis. And now Mr. Don Mackin will enlighten us. and dear ones coming together to remember the Master. We all come to increase our desire. Ultimately, at satsang. We lessen the desires for the world and we increase the desires to be with the Master, to do what the Master wants us to do. It is a rare privilege to gather together in His name and to invoke His gracious mercy and to imbibe the sacred teachings. Satsang is a central theme of the sacred teachings, and I always impress upon the dear ones here and abroad not to miss it, as it is during these precious moments when you are near the fountainhead of bliss and immortality, that you grasp the true import of the teachings and assimilate the rare virtues of godliness by sitting in the charged atmosphere, which is filled with his loving life impulses. Satsang is the sacred arena where spiritual stalwarts are built. It is the pool of nectar 
which grants blissful God intoxication and all the differences of caste, creed, and country sink down to their lowest ebb. So your purpose in coming to satsang is to imbibe the love of God, to sit in his sweet remembrance, to unite with him. All things, past and present, all irrelevant matters can be dealt with in your own place of residence. Even though you may not understand what is said, this is, I, I always like this part. Even though you may not understand what is said, yet if you sit with full attention, you will profit by it. If your thoughts, however, are somewhere else, not only will you lose, but other people will be affected by the impure atmosphere that you're creating. For thoughts are living and they possess great power. So regard the satsang as a place of purity and do not talk or think of anything but God. And whosoever attends will be blessed by the uplifting atmosphere. Some people ask, what is the actual effect of the satsang? Well, if you tie a wild horse to a stake, he will naturally make a run for it. But when he reaches the end of the tether, he will be brought up with a jerk. He may try to run away several times, but will always be pulled up by the tether. Satsang has some effect like this on the mind. After repeating a few times, the indication to run away will grow less until it eventually learns to be still. Satsang also cleanses the bad smells which come from the habits of lust and anger, greed, attachment, and egoism. That is, if the person is receptive. Then he becomes something different. So in satsang, the flow of mercy is pouring into you. So get the fullest benefit from it. Weed out all imperfections, one by one. That is why I have told you to keep the diary. When the soil is weeded, it is ready for the seed to be sown. And then true growth can begin. If small pebbles and rocks are not removed, the seed may sprout, but it will not bear fruit. So I'm glad that you have a better appreciation of the value of the satsang meetings, which are always inspiring and hopeful and beneficial, as Master's love and grace is radiated, radiated in abundance therein. And all those present receive the life impulses from the master power working overhead. In the group meetings, the entire congregation assimilates the overflowing grace of the master. And occasionally, the radiant presence of the master is even experienced by the audience. So in such meetings, such meetings have a deep, inspiring significance and therefore should be cherished and all loving devotion. <clears throat> so actually the satsang for many of us started on the ferry on the way over while we were sitting and telling wonderful stories of being with the Master and sharing different lessons that have been learned and 
And although many of us have had very diverse experiences, it's always amazing to see the effect of those experiences, the lesson of those experiences, are very similar. We all are being brought towards the same conclusion, which in a nutshell is that this world is not our home. And, and into this world the Master comes, and he comes in the physical form, and one by one he has drawn us to him. And last night when we were playing the videos of Sanchi in the very early days, it reminded me of how we were drawn to Sanchi in the early days and how incredibly loving and how incredibly magical those moments were. The first video that was shown was from a very early trip that Russell took. And the second video that was shown was after Sanchi came to the U.S. In between those two videos, I was in a group that went to India to be with Sanchi. I've read some of this before, but it's there's parts of it that just bear repeating, and perhaps some of you haven't heard it. This is from a journal that I wrote while while I was with Sanchi during that very first trip when I was coming to really recognize and understand him as master successor. And this was published in the March 77 something. After meditation, we went for a beautiful walk, our first. There was so much beauty. He gave an impromptu talk along the way. He said, one gardener plants the seeds and another one gives care to the plants as they grow. And at that point, the thought of the master and the successor became so clear to me and it made me feel so good. I feel I have wasted many years in idle pursuits, and now, although the time has gone forever that time, there is the future, and there is also a feeling of great hope. And for the first time in a long time, I see it can be done. For our gracious Hazur and all his abounding love and wisdom has given us this one who is the embodiment of simplicity and compassion. There are so many things to write about, so many beautiful little experiences. It seems to be flowing all around us more and more with each passing day. It is painful to think of leaving. Will I be able to make any of what has been given to me a permanent part of my life? I pray that it may be so. For the world is so complicated in the West, and it is so very, very simple. On the walk, he said that those from the U.S. were the first to come, that they had a claim on him. And now the Italians had come and put in their claim. Also, there was a girl who had a private talk with him earlier, 
and she had apparently voiced to him the same frustration that I had felt, but due to the largest of the group, parentheses, which was now approximately 20. <laughs> See? <laughs> the, um, one of the treasured, anticipated aspects of being with Sanchi in the early groups was going upstairs and being with him in, um, in his room and meditating, but um, only about 15 people could fit in the room. So the groups were limited. And that's about how many people the jeeps could carry. So that was kind of the maximum size of the groups. And out of nowhere, four Italians showed up. Day after the program started, and I had this thought within me, like, this is going to mess everything up. We're not going to be able to go to his room. And, and so, <laughs> and so, in replying to that thought, of course, it was not vocalized, but often your thoughts are replied to. So he said, um, that due to the largest in the group, we were all going to be receiving less individual attention. And so referring to that, he said, he, he said to her that thanks to the group from Italy, all the conversations now had to be translated twice from English by Papu and then from Italian by Sirio. And that, as a result, he was having to spend so much more time with us and that everything was taking much longer and that he thought we should not be minding this. And we were all laughing. So happy. He said, <clears throat> you know the cuckoo bird, yes? It takes a cuckoo bird to know the cuckoo. And although the crow may look similar, he will never know the cuckoo. The whole walk was like that. At one point, he put his arm around Dr. Maria. and the other round, Pathaji. And there was this beautiful story how Pathaji sought him out at the very beginning. And it was a very beautiful picture on the back of the um, magazine is a picture of Sanchi with his arm around Dr. Molina. And Pathaji and Dr. Molina is um, the first to find him on the inside, and Bhattaji was the first to find him on the outside. He put his arm around Dr. Molina and the other around Bhattaji, and there was a beautiful story how Bhattaji sought him out at the very beginning, and it was a very beautiful thing. The night before, he had said that Bhattaji was the first to find him on the outside, and Dr. Molina was the first to find him on the inside. Then he said that Dr. Molina was not a new companion, that he had been with him for many births. It was also sweet. There was another very lighthearted time having to do with the movie camera. Two of the Italians were taking Super 8 sound movies, and he was accepting and very tolerant of it all. There were big shots where they would take their camera, zoom in, it would be so amusing, jolly. I was also taking um, 35 millimeter photos of, at the time. 
the minute you put the camera towards him, you point the camera towards him, he would then start smiling. And the more serious I would become with my camera, and about the camera itself, and I would start running around trying to get a good angle, then the more amused he would become. And it was as if I was playing with this little toy, and he was so pleased to be able to share in that enjoyment with me. And so he'd just smile at us. And the more he'd smile, the more frantic we would be to get a good shot, running here and there. Me with my camera, the Italians with their movie camera, shuffling between people, and he would just laugh and laugh. And so this one fellow with the movie camera got us all grouped around him, about around Master. And he was waving his hands and he was calling instructions to us. He was with the movie camera, we're all in this big group. He was calling instructions to us in Italian, things like moving closer and down in front, which of course we couldn't understand. Then with the camera on a tripod, he started it running on automatic and then he ran forward to be with us. And it was such, it doesn't properly convey it, but we're in the middle of this field on this walk talk and here's this little spindly tripod with this camera pointing toward us and we're all facing towards it and Sachi's just laughing and everyone it was something it was so amusing uh, the whole event and he was just so tolerant and so loving with us this is the fifth day it is almost eight o'clock and we are getting ready for the evening satsang. We just had another beautiful walk with him. This was a long walk and it was almost pitch dark when we got back. And he gave a beautiful talk on Kabir and how he was incarnated in all four yugas. At one time he said that a true disciple should look to the background of a master and that it is not good to make a commitment to someone without proper consideration. And here's a parenthesis, <laughs> and it says in italics, some random notes, and, and it, because this was transcribed from my journal verbatim, these notes, <laughs> these notes make, oh, yeah, I'm going to need that, I think. Uh, these notes um, were notes to myself to write about these topics later on. And so, typically, when you read from a Santbani magazine, you're pretty, um, you can be assured that grammatically it's all perfectly correct and everything is going to flow smoothly. But <laughs> if anyone were to read this article without reading in advance, <laughs> when you get to this paragraph, it's a collection of one sentences that really don't hang together in any type of continuity. and. Um, and yet, they're, for me, they're, <laughs> their remembrance is of larger stories. So, so it says parentheses, some random notes. To fight the mind in meditation, constant simmering. And then, so that's a dash. To fight the mind in, is, is meditation, dash, constant simmering, dash. I think I had too much for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, I've told this story before, 
and every group they would have they would have a birthday celebration for anyone whose birthday was in that group and they would serve whole at lunch and um, uh, on this particular day and he would ask us after meditation how was our meditation he would want to hear small group 20 people a lot of personal attention and on this particular day um, they had served halva at lunch and then so in the afternoon meditation he went around and he asked each one of us and so when he got to me what i said to him is that i didn't, I didn't say i think i had too much words and i said i think i had too much hope and that was my and that was actually a very honest answer rather than saying well my meditation you know and he just burst out laughing he's when because it was for whatever reason it, well the mood in the room was very serious so to say well i think i have too much hope at times and he was so jolly with someone that would admit like well that's an honest error that's an honest understandable mistake and later on he said in my interview it's good <clears throat> It's good to have people in the group that help the dear ones laugh. <laughs> Just a couple of days ago, I was talking with Jonas Gerard, who was also on that video last night, and um, he um, he said. He told me the story of um, how he would always be taking pictures of Sanji, and he had probably a thousand pictures of him. And then, on a later tour, when he was going, when when Jonas was going through a, um, and and Sanji always loved Jonas because Jonas had the type has the type of personality where he would always make little jokes and he would always do little things and he was definitely one of those people that would make people laugh and Sanchi really appreciated that. He really enjoyed him. And <clears throat> so this one time on the tour when he was at Sampani, Jonas was not taking pictures. And Sanchi pulled them to one side and said, why are you not taking pictures? And Jonas says, well, I've taken so many pictures and there's all these other people here that are taking pictures. And then Sanji said to him, but you're the only one that can make me laugh. To ah. <clears throat> think that a master would come and have such a personal relationship is um is unfathomable so we're into the random notes <laughs> constant simran dash i think i had too much for lunch dash long long glances colon in one way strict and another way so kind dash to be tired to not care, 
a blessing more sublime than not being kind. The simplicity of the people. This period now is a sentence almost. Story of the tractors and Russell. <laughs> this is a story where Russell was taking pictures of camels and the <laughs> and the village, the children in the village were watching him and then he was inside and they came in running to him at one point says come quick come come and they went brought him outside the um, the gate and there were three tractors coming in a row and they said quick take the picture because <laughs> seeing three tractors in a row was such a rare occurrence that this is truly a photographic event <laughs> and i remember hearing that story and just thinking how different the world there was than the world here, than our world. Sixth day, Wednesday. The time is passing very, very fast now. It is as if sun Sunday is a small mountain which we all must pass over. And the closer we get, the faster everything seems to be moving. It is now 8 a.m., eight-year-old Beverly. This is Beverly Swan, who um, is since now a grown woman, um, and Mary, eight-year-old Beverly, is to be initiated in just a few minutes. She has been sitting in on every meditation and has been seeing much light. For a whole hour, she doesn't move. After a sitting one day, Sanchi was asking each of us how about our meditation, and one lady was having a difficult time, and he lovingly said to her, well, you should sit next to Beverly, and you will have much peace. <laughs> And everyone was so jolly. And he talked of the peace and the purity of children. At one point he said, I am like a 40-day-old a baby. Those who have worked and gone in a bit, there is so much beauty in them. It is not easy to recapture that which, once, which we once were. For the mind has been fed a poor diet for many years. Yet he has opened the road of the Nam straight before us, and he has told us it is the most perfect path, a direct path, burning away all the mental chatterings of the path, past, holding us in the sweet intoxication of his remembrance in the present, and guiding and protecting our every action in the future. In these peaceful moments, he is so strongly felt. And there was one darshan where I was thinking about diff how different our world was from his. And it seemed so natural that he would speak in a different language, that he would be so removed from civilization, that he would start his work once again with such simplicity. There is such majesty in these mud walls. When we first arrived here, the thought kept coming to me, all is holy where devotion kneels. And everywhere I'd look, this thought would come in, all is holy where devotion kneels. All is at peace as I sit on the edge of my cot, writing these notes. The birds fly in and out of the rooms. A faint bhajan is heard from the courtyard. And others sit motionless in meditation. <coughs> Thank you.
We go until 8.30, is that correct? 8.20, So on this particular day, once again, he asked us about our meditation. He started to talk, give a talk right away, and it was a most intoxicating talk. He started by re relating that Dr. Molina had been with him many, many times before, and that such like souls are in the staff of the Master, and they come from such Khan that he was not praising Dr. Molina, but was rather simply explaining the truth. The talk then turned to the topic of reincarnation and to stories of his own real and foster parents, and how when he was a young man, his parents from his last in, um, incarnation were still alive. This then brought up the question as to the time interval between the death of one person and the rebirth of another to which he replied there was no set rule. So while this was being translated by the Italians, I leaned over and said to Papu, we'll ask him, when will Kapal come back? He sat up, leaned forward, looked at me as if amazed. With full attention and stern voice, he said, when did he ever go? He was looking at me so intently, and he was Kapal, and there was no difference between the two. And the following, then, is the talk that he gave. The mood in the room changed from this lighthearted. We are just getting the body of the Master. If we get the power that is working in the Master, we can then understand everything. When Master leaves the body, those who have got only the body of the Master, they go on wandering here and there after him. When anyone comes to me and says that Master Kripal has died, I feel like filling, filing a case against him in the court. Why have you made that man as a guru who has died? When the Master leaves the body, only the successor knows the pangs of separation. And he, on, he only knows that his beloved has departed physically. But the other people, those who want to become the gurus, they are fighting for the wealth. They are fighting for the dais. But the real one, he is crying. And before Russell Perkins came, I told them in Ganganagar and this place also that no one should come to me. Only Master knows what he wants. No one can stop people from coming here, however. No one can tell people that they should come here. For he himself is calling the people here. He himself is talking. He himself is doing the favor. He himself is listening. He himself is explaining. He himself is understanding. He is the only doer. When people say that they are going to Rajasthan or when people say that they are coming back from Rajasthan, I say that they are being fooled. Because I say that only Master Kripal is coming here. 
He is the one who is meditating. He is making himself meditate. He is coming, he is going, and everything I am seeing is he. When Russell Perkins came here, the people stopped him in Ganganagar, but he did not want to obey them. People tried to stop him, but he was not to be stopped. And when he came to Padampur, Jagir Singh, the group leader there, also tried to stop him by telling him many things. But he was not stopped because he was not ready to be stopped. Later, Jagir Singh told me that he tried each and every trick so that Russell should go back. But he was very firm. So looking at this devotion, Master arranged for him to come. You see, this is all Hazur's play. Despite the many barriers and the many difficulties, Russell was brought here by Hazur himself, and I understand that it was all Hazur. Now you all know the way here. You get the Jeets and Ganganagar, and the Savadars also know all the Savadars are also knowing that you are coming, so they are ready now with the boiled water and the beds. But when Russell came, no one knew, not even Russell knew, how to get here. <clears throat> A matter of months after that visit, um, Sanchi then went on his first tour and the the two videos that we saw last night at the end were taken when he was at Sampani and as part of that tour he came out to California and there's many sweet and wonderful memories of, of him being at Shama's retreat and, and um, being with him a few of which I'll conclude with. Um, the thing about remembering our moments with the Master is that it is a way to pull our mind towards the path, to increase the devotion and the desire to progress further on the path, to be more diligent than we have perhaps in the past. And so that's the real blessing of coming together and thinking and remembering how sweet and wonderful and how human, how loving this path truly is as a master being with us. He, um, when he arrived, he, when we picked him up, I picked him up in the airport, and this is in um, long before SUVs were intent, uh, invented. But my brother had a large Chevy carryall, which is kind of the precursor to a SUV. It had three rows of seats in it and tons of room for luggage. And I picked him up in that, and then he spent one night at our home in Sebastopol going up to Shamas. And, and Charlotte had stayed home with the children and made things so gracious and wonderful. And um, and so when we arrived, she had made <coughs> this fruit drink that she makes. It's a blend of um, uh, a few things. 
And so Sanchi went to his room. And our house was very small. It was two bedrooms, one bath. And there's Charlotte and I and three children living there. And But we had moved out to make room for Sanchi to stay there. And so Charlotte said, well, I, there's this, to, I forget who it was, uh, someone in the party, that she had made this drink and maybe Sanchi would like it. And the response was, oh, no, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't, that's not necessary. And within a, a minute, <clears throat> Papu came in and said, um, is there any type of fruit drink or something? <laughs> <laughs> and <clears throat> that is such a common experience, these small, you know, the masters don't work any miracles, but there are certain, certainly a string of small, wonderful events that happen when you're in the um, presence of the Master. And there was a young woman that was coming to satsang that was waiting for Sanchi to come to be initiated. But, but the one thing that always held her back was it just seemed like there was no stories of the women who had become saints on the path. But it, it just seemed like there was all the stories were about men. And it was just something that she wanted to ask Sanchi about. And so that very first day when he was in Sebastopol and she was there, uh, he gave this long satsang on Mirabai. The whole satsang was a hymn of Mirabai and all about her. And uh, she she was so amazed that at that because it wasn't like he did that frequently. And since went on to just go to India so many times and still I call upon her to fill in some satsangs with Susie Moulton, who is the chairman of the art department at Sonoma State, and um, um, when I'm not there, and has, he pulled her so strongly, but it was that first wonderful um, satsang that really started the ball rolling. Well, let's see, it's 23 after. I'll conclude with just a couple very short readings here. Paragraphs, actually. So we come to satsang. I have often said that when it is about to rain, the clouds gather in the sky, and we hope that it is going to rain soon. The weather becomes very pleasant, and then it rains. In the same way, when we are supposed to do the devotion of God, God Almighty brings us in the company of a saint. And lovingly, then we have satsang. And through the satsang, he creates the yearning within us to do the devotion. Through the satsang, he creates the yearning within us to do the devotion. Here's a question. I was wondering, Master, how does one develop that burning desire to develop the burning desire to know God? 
Well, it should be there from the very beginning. If I tell you do Simran, and in that way you can develop that burning desire, that is not true because when I had that burning desire, I didn't have the Simran to do. I didn't even have a practice to do. Who creates the desire in us to produce the children? Who creates the desire within us to enjoy the lust? All these desires come from our within, and they are created by us. So the desire for God is also created in the same way. Just as the desire to collect more wealth is not brought by somebody else and put in us, that also comes from our within. Within the man there are bad things and good things, and it is up to the man to choose. He should know what, what is the path and what he has to choose, either good or bad things. So just as the worldly desires, which I mentioned, just as those are within us, in the same way the desire to realize God is also within us. But we need to awaken that desire, and it is up to us either to awaken the desire which will bring us back into the world or the desire which can make us realize God. It is up to us to awaken this desire. So truly speaking, all the desires are within us, even the desire for realizing God. So it is through the satsang that he creates the yearning within us to do the devotion of God. <clears throat> well, it's time now to get ready for breakfast. Um, let's see, on the schedule, um, do we have a little kind of review of the next, um, if we have one? Okay. So um, there's a meditation sitting that starts at 10.45 and then um, with Master's Grace I've successfully um, persuaded Doris Mathages to do the satsang after that and Doris is Master's representative in the Texas area who has um, been very instrumental in heading up and uh, doing the save of the prison program and and we talk often on the phone and uh, end up spending long periods telling stories of the Master. And she's a gracious, wonderful person, and we're so happy she's here today. So um, I just couldn't let her. I just, this has been a week, and this is not an easy thing for me to have her do this, but she's, she's, she agreed to. And so, and then. After that is lunch, and then um, and then this evening Russell will be doing satsang at 7.30. So, um, and, and we have some more announcements. <laughs> no, well, yeah. Um, uh, in keeping with Yellow Point tradition, we have a group photo which is going to take place right after breakfast today. Uh, and everybody will get a copy, if some people might not know that this takes place, because the new people that are here, right outside that door there after breakfast. We'll take our group photo 
and Jim goes into town and gets it developed, and you will have the picture before you leave this weekend. Also, Monique um, just wanted me to mention to you, anybody who's traveling far distances tomorrow, they have to leave early before lunch, we can provide a bagged lunch for you to take when you leave. So that, you talk to Monique about that one, if you want one of those. It's only for people who are leaving early and can't stay here for lunch and are going just far distances, not back to Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I, I brought the video of Sanchi when he was here in 77, but I played it just about every time that it's, I've been here, so I didn't really want to play it. But if anybody wants to see it tonight, after the program is over with Russell, I will play it, um, if I can get it to work through that machine. I have to get, figure out what that was Mitch. And on that video also is... After the L point one is when he was at the Kripal Ashram in Vancouver in 77, and then it goes on to Shamas, and then it goes on to Colorado. So there's a lot of footage there of 77. So I'll just put it on, and if people want to watch it, they can watch it and drift to bed whenever. And I think that's it for now. Thank you. Ramaji, 
Come, Satguru, come, remove the pain of the suffering ones, extinguish the heat of their hearts. Satguruji, come. Always I am sitting in your love and remembering you. I have forgotten eating and drinking. I sing only your praise. Make me drink the drink of nectar. I am the sinner criminal, O giver. You are the beloved forgiver. You give your support to remove the sorrow of the suffering ones. O Satguru, stop the mind from going towards the evil deeds. I follow your steps and timidly place my feet in your footprints. I bow my head to the path on which my master walked. Come, Satguru, come, make the souls reach such kind. O Lord, I am poor Ajayab, you are beloved Emperor Kripal. No one knows my name, it is all your unique way. O Satguruji, make me devoted to your feet. Doris? Doris is... Pardon me? What was that, Mitch? Doris is right Pleasure to be here with y'all in at Yellow Point and feel and share the Master's Christ. Don had asked me to speak a little bit about the prison program and how the Master's Christ works in the most remote and extreme places. When Sanji first asked us to do this seva, I couldn't help but remember his words that he, the master could get the stones to do his work. It was apparent many times that we will say that the master doesn't do miracles, but that his grace was really flowing. There have been five executions of disciples of the master in the prisons. Um, Russell has told you about some of them. This one I thought I'd, I would tell you and read most of John Thompson's story, which was the very first execution. And um, I think it's apparent hearing his story that sometimes when we think the path is hard that when we hear the story of someone that can find the path in prison sitting right waiting to be executed and gain the master's pleasure that it makes it a little easier for all of us to realize his grace is always around us This story was early in uh, uh, the, the 
prison mission, and it was called Release from Prison. Most of us have read or heard the Masters tell how Baba Sawan used to say, if you want to see the value of the initiation into Nam, then go and see a disciple dying. Greg and I became a part of such an experience in a way that a few years ago we would have never guessed. Due to the efforts of our dear brother Steve Morrow, going back many years, inmates in prison across the U.S. have had the opportunity to learn about the path of St. Mark, and quite a few have been given the initiation. We became more involved in the prison program, as Steve used to refer to it, around 1982. Steve was going through intense karmas and could no longer cope with the amount of correspondence and the work of the prison program. At St. G's request, uh, we have tried to continue what Steve started. Two of the inmates here in Texas that took initiation were on death row. One of them, Larry Robinson, whom I had visited on several occasions, wrote us and he requested that if he were executed, he wished us to be present. The next time we were in India, we told Sanji about Larry's request. Sanji replied, if according to their karma, they should be executed. And if they want you to be there at the time of their execution, there is nothing wrong in you people going there. You should make them do the Simran. Master will definitely be there, and he is there to take them up. But it is all right for you to go there. You should tell them that they should not think of anything of the world at that time. They should only remember the Master's form and they should only be doing the Cimarron of the Master. That will be better for them. If they will do this, then Master will never allow them to come back into this suffering world. You should tell them at that time, if they are being executed, they should keep their mind and brain empty. They should not think of anything they should not even think about any officer or any prisoner or anybody in this world. They should be free of tension. They should have nothing going on in their brain except the Holy Simran. When we returned, we translated what Sanji had said and sent it to Larry as well as John Thompson, the other inmate. John had been on death row for eight years at that time. The first time I met John, I, I was a little surprised. I anticipated that someone on death row may be different somehow from other initiates or inmates I had visited. And he was. He was very soft-spoken, almost shy. 
We had corresponded some before we met and continued to do so after he was initiated. His closing letters always carried his warmth. He would usually end with, please give all the other brothers and sisters there my love and may the master power paint all y'all's days with rainbow colors. Over the next couple of years, we heard from John less and less. Then in June of 1987, we got a letter from him. He wrote, I am now awaiting my third execution date, which is set for July 8th. Chances are that I will be executed on that date, and I'm honestly looking forward to it. I know that Master will be there to enfold me in his all-encompassing love. John requested us to be with his family at his end time because he felt the Master's presence through us would be a helping factor for them. He was very concerned for how his parents would handle his death. We wrote back to him that if it came to pass, we would be there. I began visiting John more regularly. Death row inmates can only have visits on weekdays, and in my current job it has been difficult. It was difficult for Greg to get time off. John seemed to be very much at peace with his impending execution. I had requested permission to visit. This was one of the times that um, it seemed that the Master worked, uh, we won't say a miracle, but grace. And to Russell or any that had been in the prison, you know, when the prison says no, it means no, usually. I had gone there and requested permission to visit with John Larry and one of Larry's friends who was now interested in the path. But as I was talking with the guards, I was told very firmly by the guard at the prison that I could only visit with two of them. Rules. I explained I lived 80 miles away in Houston and I would be a while before I could come again. The guard looked at me sternly and said, sorry rules. I visited one and then I visited the next one and as I was getting ready to leave the third person came down. I was stunned and I, I asked him how he was given permission to come and he said, well the guard just called my name and I just came down. So I didn't say any more. Somehow, all three ended up being brought to the visiting room that day, and I didn't have to choose which of the two I would see. Master's grace works in the most foremost foreign corners of the world. Each time we visited there, they were the initiates were so eager to talk about the path. The time flew by, and the guard would come and told us their visiting time was up. I thought that this visit I wanted to bring something special to read. A story by an initiative massacre Paul that was on death row came to mind. And I wondered if I could find it in the short time before I had to leave. 
I hadn't prepared before. It had just come in my mind at the last minute. And I walked up to the bound volumes of the Sundish magazine on our book stand. I had no inkling of what month or year the article appeared. I just grabbed one book, the 1973 volume, and looked at the index. To my surprise, there was the article called From Death to Life in the December issue. I felt very strongly I should read the article for sightseeing with John. I also wanted to reiterate the words that Sanji had given him from our October 1985 interview. I probably would not be able to visit him again before his July 8th execution date the following week. The conversation shifted to the grace and protection of the Master. John wanted to share a story of the Master's grace for a very special time for him. When John was last in court to receive a new execution date from the judge, he was allowed to visit with his ex-wife, his daughter of 13 years, and his family. It was the first time he had seen his wife and their 13-year-old daughter in the 10 years he had been on death row. He was especially surprised and so grateful that he was able to visit with them in a private room without handcuffs and without a prison uniform. He showed me pictures of the, of, of the visit and how nice it was. He showed me pictures of his daughter. It made quite an impression on me. He was so grateful to the Master for this special time with his family seemed like a small thing, but the gratitude in his eyes was so very moving. I felt I had learned a beautiful lesson in gratefulness. As I left each time, I made a list of the books that they requested. Saint Bonnie had graciously, graciously donated books as needed for sending to the inmates. We had also sent tapes of the Master's discourses. Hearing the Master's words we thought was really special to them. We sent them to John and Larry in care of the ch prison chaplain, Chaplain Taylor. During our visit, John mentioned he had not received the books. He mentioned he had received the books, but, and that he, a copy of my letter to the chaplain accompanying the tapes but he hadn't received the tapes of the master's words, the master's voice. I told him I'd go and I'd check with the chaplain. I put the socks and dish bound volume in my cloth briefcase as I prepared to leave. I looked at John. I wanted to tell him, we love you, brother. As I had done so many times in the past, Somehow the words stuck in my throat and I could say nothing. His eyes held mine and not a word of goodbye was spoken. Our eyes communicated what words could not possibly convey. 
later that evening, I called Chaplain Taylor at the prison about the tapes that John had not received. He was very polite, but he said that he had been very busy. He said that he did not have much time to keep up the tape program. He said, there's just me and so many prisoners. Somehow the words just fell from my mouth. But there's only one schedule to die on Tuesday. Could you please get the tapes to him? I told him I knew it seemed like a very small issue to him, but it meant a great deal to John. He said he would try to get them to John. I decided to leave the whole matter just in the master's hands. On Thursday, July 2nd, we both sent last letters to John, but we would not know if he would get them before he was transferred the following Monday to the Walls unit where the executions take place. The letters were of love and support, but mainly to remind him of the master's instructions. July 7th came, and as John had expected, his day of execution was denied. Larry called in the morning from the Fort Worth prison, where he is going through a new trial for his case. He asked if there was a stay of execution for John. We told him no, that there hadn't been one, and that we would be going to Huntsville that night. He asked us to tell John that he loved him and that he would be meditating with him at midnight. Executions take place at 12.01 a.m. We left for Huntsville as soon as I got home from work and ate a quick meal. As we drove along, all I could think was, that the people at the prison had no idea what this soul called John Thompson had been given and what death meant to him. He had told me that after 10 years on death row, he was relieved that it would finally be over for him and his family. We arrived at the hospitality house where people stay about 9 p.m. John's mother and father met us at the door and greeted us warmly. I had previously met them at the prison the week before while visiting John. No doubt the master had arranged our meeting. His mother told us she wanted us to know that John said he'd gotten our letters and then she brought us and we were introduced to the other family members there. She asked us to have something to drink with her in the dining room. So we followed her in the dining hall. And she stopped before a nice looking man about 40 years old. And she turned to me and said, I would like you to meet Chaplain Taylor. And she introduced Greg and I. I put my hand out and shook his hand. I really was surprised because I wasn't expecting him to be there. We sat down and Mrs. Thompson began relating the events of that day. She said that the Texas Supreme Court had denied the stay of execution. 
and that was the last legal step available. She said that John had decided not to visit with the family at the inn, but that he'd asked, could he just sup with the Lord? I felt relieved. It meant that he had decided to forego his last visit with his family. I had suggested that he not spend his last hour with his family, and Greg reiterated it, but that if he just did the meditation as the master had advised, that would be the best thing for him. Mrs. Thompson said that John had asked for fresh squeezed orange juice for his last meal. And Anishit is the only one who could understand the depths, the meaning of those words. To try and follow a vegetarian diet in prison is almost impossible. The beans and the other dishes are seasoned with pork fat. To say the food is lacking for a vegetarian is an understatement. For four years he had tried his best to follow the vegetarian diet. Other prisoners would swap his meat entree with for their vegetables. And some money from his appearance from his parents allowed him to buy items from the prison store. His diet was meager, overcooked vegetables. His first choice for a meal of his choice, he decided to forego the choice of a sumptuous last meal for orange juice. I knew that he must be in a pretty good place. He knew to keep his stomach empty for meditation. John simply asked for a pitcher of fresh squeezed orange juice, and then he shared it with the guards outside his holding cell. Someone arrived and Mrs. Thompson asked me, asked us to excuse her. Greg and I sat there for a while, and then we went into the large living room. It was tastefully decorated with a large fireplace at the end of the room. Throughout the evening, we visited with members of John's family and the other ministers there. John's oldest brother told us that the family was at peace because the difference in John from just a few years ago was like night and day. He said they felt very comforted by the change his spiritual beliefs the path, had made in him and the strength he had received from it. And because John was at peace, they were at peace. I asked if there were a chapel in the house. We were invited to take a bedroom and to spend the night if we wished, but we found our way and decided we'd drive home. We found our way to a vacant bedroom then and closed our eyes for a bit of meditation. The master was very, very much present in the house. The atmosphere was very charged. We went back to the living room and sat down on the couch. A man and woman arrived and were speaking to John's parents. The priest leaned over to me and said, that is the judge that sentenced John to death. I looked at the priest in disbelief. 
I was stunned that he had come to be with the family. I later learned that John had invited him, the judge that sentenced him, to be at his execution. The judge walked over to a phone near where I was sitting. He was calling the prison and he was talking with the warden. He was barely 10 feet away and I could hear his conversation. Well, it's just his attitude. He has changed. Please understand in my 20 years on the bench, I have never done this before. He hung up the receiver and went back to John's parents. A short while later, he left for the prison. The phone rang. It was John. He was given one last phone call. He talked with his mother and, and he talked with his dad. And I'd asked if we were to talk with him that we wanted to be the last. His sister held out the phone to me. I suggested, asked if all the family had talked with John, and they said yes. After a short while, Greg took the phone. They talked for a few minutes, and Greg said, Brother, I love you very much. But forget about everyone. Just remember the Master. I took the phone. John's voice was very calm and very positive. I asked him if he'd received the tapes from Chaplain Taylor. He said, yes, Doris, they were wonderful. I meditated and I listened to them all weekend. He said, Doris, when I heard the Master, Master Kerbal's voice, it was as if I'd heard it before. He said, the Master's presence is very strong. When I walked into the room here, it was like the Master's arms were around me. I felt like I was three feet off the floor. We talked a while longer. I told him of Larry's call and I conveyed his message of love. John returned his love and said, I said, well, dear brother, we love you. He replied the same and he said, and I said, but more importantly, he loves you. Keep your thoughts in the remembrance of the master. I hung up the phone and I sat down next to Craig. We looked at one another. Words were really unnecessary. John's father was talking to the family. He wanted to know who was going to go to the prison with him. John's sister thought for a moment and she said, she felt they should all go and be with John. His father was reluctant for his wife to go. I sat there quietly, but I secretly hoped she would not go. I thought it would be much too hard for her. 
John's father explained that they would have to be escorted from one tent room to another to be kept away from the press, that it would be very chaotic. Finally, 